everyone, we are so glad you could make it in for this brand new Broadway Bulletin from Stage Whisper. We have some exciting theater headlines to share with you, so let's get right into it. Well, it is a busy week here on Broadway, and we are saying happy trails to several shows coming up. Fat Ham, Leopoldstadt, and The Sign in Sidney Brewstein's Window as well as Prima Fossi are closing on July 2nd. So happy trails and congrats to all of the companies involved there. Alex Edelman's Just For Us begins at the Hudson Theater on June 22nd. Isn't it crazy to think that like a year ago we saw this show at the Cherry Lane Theater and now it's on Broadway? That's insane. Back to the Future starts previews on June 30th over at the Winter Garden Theater. And I hear it's a pretty cool show, eh, Hope? Oh yeah, there's a lot of great things in store, so definitely get your tickets, go check them out. Uh, previews begin on the 30th. We're excited, we've got our tickets, so stay tuned for that. Once Upon a One More Time officially opened on June 22nd. I can't wait for us to see that here in the next week. I'm pumped up. And who doesn't love Britney Spears? Come on now. Finally, Life of Pi announced that it will close its Broadway run on July 23rd. So you've got until the 23rd to see this great show at the Schoenfeld Theater. But it also will be doing a North American tour. Yes, which is fantastic because it is such an incredible sight and an incredible story. So I'm glad that the show will continue to live on, but its Broadway stop is uh, ending on July 23rd. This day in Broadway history, Tony Award winner Sean Hayes celebrates his birthday today. Yes, I'm so happy. I love Sean Hayes. So happy birthday, Mr. Hayes. You amazing, amazing human. So that makes my heart happy. On to some theater community news. The original Broadway cast recording of Hamilton has become the first cast recording to be certified diamond, which is amazing. Like, that's fantastic. I'm, I feel like maybe musical soundtracks are coming back into the mainstream, which is great. <laughs> musical soundtracks have always been my mainstream, so. Listen, I mean, we were, it was, we were into it before it was cool, right? We're so we hipster. are the Broadway hipsters. <laughs> ah. <Yeah. laughs> Broadway Barks will be on July 8th this year and will take place in Schubert Alley starting at 3 p.m. This marks the 25th anniversary of the event and it will be hosted by co-founder Bernadette Peters. This is a free public event that benefits participating rescues and shelter groups. And um, this event is part adoption, part fundraising, and has helped more than 1,700 dogs and cats find their forever homes. I can think of an event now that our little fur kid, the tap dancing Eliza, can finally go down to in the theater district. I mean, I'm sure Bernadette Peters would love to meet our Eliza dog. Listen, if there's one thing I have heard about Bernadette Peters, it's that... She is all about connecting animals with their forever homes and meeting people's animals. And I just think that that's great. Can I just say, as I'm thinking about this, could you imagine like you're at the most expensive hoity-toity party, some penthouse apartment in New York, Bernadette Peter shows up and she would rather than talk to these rich producers is totally hanging out with like the dog at the party. Like, am I wrong about this? Everything I, I hear says that that's the case. I And that just makes me love Bernadette Peters even more. <laughs> Broadway Bears held its annual burlesque show on June 18th. The event was titled Pleasure Park and raised a staggering $1.8 million for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. I mean, how incredible is that? In one night, they raised $1.8 million. And it's important to note that the Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS group does more than just help fund AIDS research and helping people who, you know... Are suffering from AIDS. They also support the Entertainment Fund. The Entertainment Community Fund. They also help give to, I believe there's the... The Phyllis Newman Women's Foundation. Mm -hmm. As well as, I think there's the Al Hirschfeld Clinic. 
that they also help. So in addition to just, you know, helping, they, they basically help the entire entertainment community with all of its needs, all, helping with all of its ailments and that. They did a huge help when Puerto Rico was devastated by her, the hurricane a few years ago. I mean, it, it's incredible to see what what these people get together to do to raise just to give back. It's incredible. So I, I was so excited to see that. And I heard the show was phenomenal. So that, I mean, if you got to go, I'm sure you, you enjoyed it on more than one level. <laughs> also, Broadway celebrated Pride in the heart of Times Square at Duffy Square with a series of concerts and performances that were part of Playbill's Pride Celebration. This year was also the first time Playbill had a float in the New York City Pride March. Several other theater organizations, including Actors Equity and IATSE, participated in the march as well. Changing gears a little bit now, kind of looking to the future, (laughs) the 2023 Jimmy Awards were held on June 26th. And this is the high school version of the Tony Awards, if you will. These are all high schoolers who have qualified or placed or the one there kind of like state level or regional level awards and now they compete on the national level for top honors. And there's been clips kind of released about the big opening number that they were doing and it's a really great night. There's been some fantastic past Jimmy winners that have gone on to some great Broadway careers. So we're excited to see kind of who comes out of this class. But either way, congratulations to all the Jimmy Award participants on just getting this far. In some sad news, Sheldon Harnick, the lyricist of such great works as Fiddler on the Roof and She Loves Me, passed away at the age of 99. That's very disheartening news to hear. Billy Crystal, Renee Fleming, Dionne Warwick, and more were named 2023 Kennedy Center honorees. So that's pretty cool. It'll be fun to see that that episode, that special air. The Gospel According to Heather, which is being produced by friend of the show, Jim Kirstead, opened on June 22nd at Theater 555, and is playing through July 9th. And we had the honor of seeing the show on the 21st, the last preview, and it, it's a fun show. There's some real bops in this show. There's some great songs, but we're gonna talk about that later. But congrats to everyone over at The Gospel According to Heather. Hopping across the pond over in the West End, Mrs. Doubtfire opened on June 22nd. So, that's really exciting. I'm excited to hear what our fans across the pond over in the UK have to say about the show. I really, there were elements of the show I really enjoyed. So I'm excited that it still has a life. It still is moving. Like I said, when they reopened, it was a thousand times better. And you didn't get to see the show once it reopened because obviously you were down in River City. But it when it reopened, I was like, oh, this is the show that they needed. It was just a shame that you know, COVID and and the audience is not returning as fast, kind of got its goat. In more sad news, former TDF executive director Jack Goldstein passed away at 74. He was executive director of Save the Theaters, which landmarked 27 Broadway theaters and historic sites. So we are sad to see him pass, but he left behind a great legacy that we are forever grateful for. Martin McDonough's The Pillow Man opened on the West End on June 21st. And you might have heard about this production as mentioned in a previous Whisper in the Wing where we talked with Nathaniel from Sing River. I'm excited about this show. The Pillow Man was a play that I read that genuinely like... Disturbed me? Yeah, it creeped me out. And now that it's back on the West End, I'm kind of like, ooh, might need to go over and and see this work. And I just, I do love Martin McDonough's writing. Prima Fossey announced on Tuesday, June 20th, that it had recouped its initial investment, which is really exciting. It was also announced that the show, which has extended its limited engagement through July 2nd, also set an eight-week house record for the Golden Theater. And I'm happy about both things for this amazing show. That's, that's incredible. Changing over to some show chatter news, 
Casey Cott, who is known for his role in Riverdale, will make his Broadway debut in Moulin Rouge. Gutenberg, the musical starring Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds, will play a limited 20-week engagement at the James Earl Jones Theater starting September 15th. And it's being directed by Alex Timbers. So I'm excited just about that star-studded team right there. This should be great. Seeing Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds perform together and again. a great parody musical. Absolutely. Check, check, check. I'll be there. Speaking of great parodies and teams, Alex Brightman and Colin Donnell will star in the behind-the-scenes Jaws comedy, The Shark is Broken, coming to the Golden Theater, opening on August 10th. I just, I just love saying this. It's the, oh yeah, do you know about the Jaws play coming to Broadway? And everyone just stops and is like, wait, what? And it's like, yeah, we have a play about Jaws coming to Broadway. But it's not trying to be anything more than it's not. They're not trying to sell it like a serious piece. They're clearly being like, this is tomfoolery and we know it. Like, who would take a Jaws play seriously? And right, I, well, and it's less about Jaws, the movie, and more about what happened while making Jaws, the movie. And the cast they picked, you can tell, it's just going to be Falderall. And I'm like, yes. I hope you're all enjoying these classic words, by the way. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> Switching over to some off-Broadway chatter and just some show chatter in general. I want to touch on some of the shows that we've seen. And it was another light week here for us. We were playing catch-up. We had some stuff come up. But we did manage to get two shows in. And as we mentioned before, we were able to see the last preview right before opening of The Gospel According to Heather. And we want to thank the producer, Jim Kirstead, for our tickets. And the show, as I said, was delightful. It was a lot of fun. As I said, there were some real bops in there. Some really good songs. There is... It's a very clever story. It's a very clever story. It did not go where I thought it would, was going to go. And I, I didn't put two and two together. I will claim my ignorance. So I got there a little late for me like I got right there before curtain so I didn't get to read my playbill and the senior citizen woman that Heather talks to when she entered everyone's clapping I was like oh yeah let's all clap and I said it must be someone important right and I had been given the name of the big star that's in the show but it didn't register you know me and names right but I heard her voice and I was like why do I feel like a kid again? Why? Your voice reminds me of a kid. And I was like, me? she's got to be maybe a voice of like a cartoon that I grew up with, right? But later on, there's a moment where something happens. I'm not going to give it away, but you get to see who she is, essentially, right? And I went, oh, you're Peg from Married with Children. How cool. And she looks amazing and she was amazing and the entire cast was great so if you're looking for just a really fun clever story with some really good music in it head over to theater 555 for the gospel according to heather it's been extended it's playing through july 16th so don't miss it and the other show that i got to see was maria connor's girl shock and there's a lot more to that title than that, but it was over at... Pangea. Pangea, thank you. It was a great little club. And this is this was like the uh, second sneak peek as Maria and her team put together the show. And the, it's a story of basically how Maria came to be. How she discovered who she was and, and, and transferred from essentially the character known as Dude, the Dude, to becoming Maria. And it was amazing. Maria has written some really cool songs, some really catchy songs with smart lyrics. And it's in a genre that I think a lot of our age audience members will appreciate because it has that late 80s, 90s. You mean that millennial sound? Yeah, where we just got that fusion of like rock and new age and pop and everything in there. So there's a lot of like good syncopation with like rushing all these syllables together. It was really good, and I loved it. And the story is also really powerful. There's some real... Again, you can tell when someone who's gone through what the story is about wrote the show. Because the emotions and whatever aren't overinflated or what have you. They're real. So it was a lot of fun, and I'm very excited to get Maria's book, by the way, and read it. 
her talking about it as well just made me more excited. So that was fun. Yeah, so that was our week last week. But we are getting back into the game starting on Monday. Today when we're recording, we hit the road and it's it's big. So that takes us to our hot take segment. And we're going to start announcing on our bulletin our upcoming nights at the theater. So... Everyone out there listening to this, start marking your calendars. These are nights where we invite you to join us at the theater for our Stage Whisper Night at the Theater where we'll see the shows, we'll get together, all of us together, and we'll then go and talk about the shows. We'll just have a drink, what have you. We're going to help start, you know, we keep talking about on the show how we want to help build a community. And for us, we've really figured out that one of the best parts about community building is getting together and talking about experiences yeah so we want to invite you all out join us at some of these shows that we've had on our bonus content whisper in the wings and come say hi to us and let's talk about what you thought so the next night at the theater will be wednesday june 28th at the theater center in midtown for singfeld a musical parody about nothing very excited about this. If you love Seinfeld, you're going to love this. So that's Wednesday, June 28th. And then the next night, Thursday, at 9.30, a little later, I know, but we're going to be down at the tank attending Evasive Species. So two shows you can join us tonight at. We'll be obviously other places every other day of the week, but for now, those are our two night at the theaters. We hope you can join us Wednesday the 28th for Singfeld. Thursday the 29th for Invasive Species. And then, you know, besides that, we've got some great guests coming up on Whisper in the Wings. We've got some amazing big things coming. So stay tuned for all of that. We're going to be unveiling our merchandise design soon, hopefully this week. And we're also going to be unveiling our new backstage passes, hopefully next week as well. I think the last thing to hit is obviously... As Avenue Q would say, give, give us, us your, your money. money. <laughs> no, we're kidding. But we're, I mean, we're also not. Look, if you haven't signed up to be a Patreon for our show, head on over to patreon.com slash Pod. Two ways to give there. You can sign up for your backstage pass. Lots of benefits that come with that. Or leave some money in the tip jar. All also, of the money you give is a huge help. Helps to support the arts, not just here in New York, but really all over the world. And it really does a huge amount of help with us. It allows us to bring more people on to make the show better, like Sarah, our producer, or we're looking to hire some more staff to help cover more of the theater, really help amplify voices. So we can't do any of this without you. And that's not the only way you can give. How else can you do it, Hope? If you head on over to our Instagram and click on our link tree, you'll find links to not only our patreon but also our venmo or you can search us on venmo stage whisper pod and give us a little something there you know every little bit really does help we appreciate all of our patrons right now and we thank all of you for even considering donating so thank you from all of us wrapping up this episode of the broadway bulletin we have a very fun whisper in the wings with you and it's a little different than our normal ones which is great we have two fantastic guests, the founder and creator of Bob Elliott's Music Makers, LLC, Bob Elliott himself, and the collaborator and consultant with the company, Broadway actor Larkin Bogan. This was a really fun interview with two great artists and the good that they're doing with their, their artistry and their skills is amazing. And I, for one, cannot wait to head down to Bob Elliott's Music Makers LLC. You and I, date night. Because I'm going to learn to play the guitar. We're starting a band. The Stage Whisper Band's coming. We're working on our name, but get excited. So please enjoy this Whisper in the Wings with Bob Elliott's Music Makers LLC. <laughs> Bye. 
Welcome back in listeners to another fantastic episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by two amazing artists today. We have the founder and creator of Bob Elliott's Music Makers, LLC, Bob Elliott, as well as the collaborator and consultant, Larkin Bogan. Larkin, Bob, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us, Andrew. We're really excited to talk with you. Yep, absolutely. I am so excited to learn more about Bob Elliott's Music Makers LLC and just about the two of you as artists. I mean, this we've been talking almost for the last half hour and just swapping stories, and it's been amazing. And so you two are such influential artists, both on stage and as musicians. And I want to start things off by letting our listeners know out the gate, what exactly is Bob Elliott's Music Makers LLC? So Bob, could you tell us a little bit about Well, it's a professional rehearsal studio right in the heart of Midtown Manhattan off of 36th Street and 8th Avenue. And we cater to musicians of all levels and status from pros to kids taking lessons, doing their thing here. We have many programs running so not only are we a professional rehearsal studio we are also in the business of bringing music to adults recreational players but taking it for those who want to take it more serious we have lots of programs that will allow people who have studied music but chose another career such as being a doctor or whatever allow them to get back into music and meet like-minded people with limited time. And that's our big program that we've been offering for over 20 years now in the heart of Manhattan. And we've helped thousands of people connect and put them on stage. So we're really a multifaceted business involving music. So we go from rehearsals for pros to beginners to workshops for people who wanna play in a band or even learn how to play an instrument we can help them get started and meet similar like-minded people. So that's, that's how we got into the corporate accounts and helping corporations find a way for, the, that, for them to get employees to connect and consult or be a better communicator. That's how I got involved with Larkin. He came to the studio and rehearsed here and we hit it off. The whole band is lovely. And we hit it off and I said, I'm doing these programs. I got a call from one of our clients, which is New York Presbyterian Hospital saying we need some, we like to help our managers connect and communicate better. And I had worked in prior at Spotify doing teaching music in their headquarters to their employees. And they had asked me to do some programs that would allow their engineers to talk to their designers, to talk to their, because they didn't communicate well. Engineers speak another language and they were very successful. So when I got this call from New York Presbyterian, I was talking with Larkin and I guess Larkin, I forget how we did, we communicated, but I told you that we had this opportunity now would you like to be a part of it and he jumped all over and little did i know that larkin is connected to two things he's well uh, training a trained actor with tons of experience he knows tons of people that know how to teach this improv and music and his family is in the medical business also and it was a calling, like I like to think, you know, it's like, I wanna help these people because they just came out of COVID. And I'm very good friends with a lot of people at hospitals and I saw what they went through. And she was desperate, not desperate, but she was like, I need, everybody's been stressed out for a, a lot of work. And, and, you know, they were the epicenter of all of the stuff that hit COVID, that came through COVID. And I have good stories about what went on in those hospitals. So. I want to help them as much as I can. And then I found out Larkin has the same, he feels the same, right, Larkin? I mean, you Absolutely. could take it from there. That's basically what I do here at Music Makers. I help people live the dream, meaning musically and rehearsal, professional, good service. I try to provide a clean 
good environment, a good studio. And I also engage people that might not otherwise have music in their lives uh, because of the resources I have built up over 20 years, which is programs, client bases. So you can join our band, uh, join a band tomorrow and I'll put you in a band tomorrow and you'll be playing music in the next two weeks and on stage in eight weeks. So wow. that sizes it up pretty quick. <laughs> well, where did you come up with the idea to start this? You know, I worked for several studios that had ventured into this 25 years ago or so, and they had an idea and that was good, but they closed it. It was a lot of work. And what I saw from that, that experience, what I gleaned from it was they were helping people connect, but they didn't have the programs done really well. So it was sort of, they had a studio that somebody's father owned the building. So it was easy for them. And then when it finally got to a, it become a business, they just said, we can't do it. It's just too much work. What I got from that was when I, I got a job working for them doing a lot of the classes. And really what was exciting was the people that I met that were coming in to take these, these courses, they were from all different spectrums of New York City, from truck drivers to doctors to real estate agents to real estate developers. And I really liked them as people. And here I was able to connect with them and help them. And we, I just felt the bond of helping somebody enjoy something that I love. They reciprocated. And literally, they were the ones, my first partner was a hedge fund owner of a, a big hedge fund that played guitar and he's like i'm in this is the greatest thing and so i just took that love of music and the the appreciation that i got from everybody that came through the door honest appreciation not just you know i'm not a rock star or whatever but they were just so happy that somebody was will put these programs together and 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 give them the chance to express themselves through music and I never look back. I'll tell you, I have not looked back. And I, I, it, it's thousands of people are playing music because of music makers and the hard work that I did, but they did hard work too. And just so you know, during COVID, when we were building our new facility, I was really in a desperate strait. And a lot of my members came through with donations mm. to help us build this place. So that's that when people are willing to give you money, that says a lot with no no strings attached. Yeah. So that's so I came up with it thanks to somebody else doing it. But you know, I I found that 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 the gift of music, giving the gift of music to somebody, and uh, and they they respond in kind. And Larkin, I think you could speak to this with what you do in in your business also the people that you help and, and so that's why i'm here today to help people learn music and that's how i got started many years ago and that is a perfect segue that i want to bring in lark into this conversation bob alluded to it a little there about how you came into the picture larkin but i was wondering if you could elaborate a little bit about how you came into bob elliott music makers llc sure sounds good i'd, I'd love to also i i have to it's it's difficult to follow up Bob Elliott's just absolutely incredible speaking voice. So, you know, wish me luck out there. Hi, everybody. I'm, I'm Larkin Bogan. I'm a Broadway performer. I've been in a handful of shows you may have heard of. Hair and Wicked are, are my notable favorites. But I, much like everybody else during the pandemic, was, you know, trying to figure out what to do with all the extra time we, we have when Broadway had its, you know, crazy shutdown. But one of the two kind of beautiful things that that happened to me during that time, the first of which was I, it was a really creative time and I, I wrote a lot of music. And during my time at Wicked, I wrote a lot of songs with a good buddy of mine that I've known for years. When we were on the American Idiot tour together and, and backstage at Wicked, we wrote a, a bunch of songs and have been creating a, a catalog of stuff. And we eventually got a, a group of guys from various Broadway pits and put together a, a bit of a super group, if you will. I, I'm still kind of geeking out about the fact that these guys want to play my music. It's just, it's an honor. And we're in the middle of recording our, our debut album currently. The band's name is Sir Richard Newton. 
But when it came time to pick a place to rehearse, we ended up at Music Makers along with every other, along as uh, along as as well at every other music rehearsal space in Midtown Manhattan. But there, once we went to Music Makers, it was just kind of a done deal. And Bob and everybody there, Bob and Andy, everybody there were just just so nice and and helpful and accommodating and hospitable and so it was just kind of an obvious like we're we're, we're not going anywhere else and bob was front row at our our debut show by the way i'm your but, biggest uh, fan one of your so biggest fans <laughs> that's the reason that we entered the building in in the first place and the other thing that, that happened to me during the pandemic was an interesting corporate opportunity fell into my lap and it was with chase private client. And a, a buddy of mine from school reached out and he said he was working for Chase and he was wondering if he was like, I, you're the only guy that I know who's on Broadway. And do you, do you think you could could put together a Broadway show to be pitched to, to Chase Bank? And I was like, man, could you be any more specific? <laughs> but we ended up, I ended up calling a buddy of mine, my sort of business partner in crime, Matt DeAngelis, who you may know from TV and film and Broadway shows as well. We did hair on Broadway together in the tour. And he and I have been putting together benefit concerts since 2010 together, be it for Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, or Phyllis Newman Women's Health Initiative, as in recently for the Janice Jam, if anybody out there went to that, benefiting breast cancer. And uh, when we were on the road we with American Idiot, we've put a huge benefit together for the tsunami victims over in Japan. That was, God, that was, that feels like forever ago now. Anyway, we've, we, Matt and I have done a, a lot of benefits together. And he was obviously the first person I called when the Chase thing came into our lap. And we've done four shows for Chase Bank now. And it's, they're so much fun because they're, live streamed there's tens of thousands of people watching from all over the world and we get to use some of new york's best spaces and some of my personal favorite spaces like bowery ballroom and brooklyn bowl and irving plaza and the most i i have to say the most rewarding thing about this is that i get i got to provide opportunities for my fellow colleagues and friends to perform in an otherwise absolutely dead time. And, you know, the other thing is something I, I learned a lot from about myself and about what I was doing or, or not doing as an ally for for black and brown people and the LGBTQI plus community during the pandemic was, oh, there's a lot, let's just say there's a lot I learned about myself or what I was and was not doing to be an ally for those communities. I think we all learned a lot about ourselves during the pandemic and with Black Lives Matter and uh, everything else that was absolutely crazy during the pandemic. And this was a, a an opportunity for me as someone who's organizing an event to like really consider how it should be done. And it's it's been such a joy being behind the wheel or on the other side of the table, as our community says, for massive projects like this and to be doing it to bring people a, a, a really good time and to ultimately be connecting corporate entities with the artistic community. And the thing is, a, a lot of people tend to think that they, they're the corporate world and the artistic world are very much on the opposite end of whatever spectrum it is that you're talking about. But I have sort of found there's a really a lot that we have in common and a lot that we can use and take and learn from each other. And the chase shows were, were one way of doing that. And, you know, when Bob kind of asked me if there's any way I wanted to be get involved with what he was doing over at music makers, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, there's if you're trying to help people, I mean, especially with the, the folks over at New York Presbyterian, I mean, what a wonderful crowd, by the way. I mean, that was that was a blast. I was like, I could bring you the the whole community. So it's a it's a really sort of everybody wins scenario where corporate clients are are finding ways that they can benefit from the artistic community. And then our world 
in the in the artistic world has an opportunity to teach, connect, and help people. The most recent thing that Bob and I did together was an improv class for the various department heads at New York Presbyterian Hospital. And I was involved with a sketch show at the Upright Citizens Brigade called Shiz. If anyone out there has seen it, I just, God bless you for coming, man. We had so much fun and I miss it so much. The Upright Citizens Brigade is, was a really, really cool organization. Anyway, our director from that, Matt Gehring, who I uh, love to pieces. If you don't know him, look him up. The guy's hilarious. I'm in stitches every time we talk. I brought him in uh, as the, the teacher for this. Just, there's no one better out there. There really isn't. And after a couple of hours of seeing him connect and teach improv at a very basic level to folks who have never done it before, the looks on their faces after they left was absolutely night and day. To see people walk in who were absolutely so stressed out and exhausted from, I mean, I can truly only imagine what they're going through and how stressful everything is, how long their days are, how crazy the shifts are and the hours. And to see them connect on a way they obviously never had before was was absolutely mind-blowing. And so Bob and I were like, well, I think we have something, you know, going here. So I think, you know, maybe if there's a way to to get the word out with people who are potential clients and people who are potential, you know, employees for us or on any given one-time scenario or multiple, you know, it's it's a way of, you know, helping everybody out and create opportunities. That's amazing. So you both are involved in this great music studio. And I want to ask, who do you hope have access to it? And Bob, why don't I start with you on that? It's the, it's it, like I said, it's anybody that's involved in playing music or wants to learn how to play, they should look up music makers, Bob Elliott's music makers. We have something for everybody. It's a non-judgmental place. You come in with a desire to be part of the music community and we will take it from there. We will hold your hand through the whole process and you will become a musician and you will enjoy the world of music. It's I call it the gift of music. You give it to somebody and it's a gift for life because they never stop enjoying it. And the more you do, the better it gets. So it's one of those scenarios where you give this gift of music. So it's really a place for people to either start a career or if not a career, but just a love of music and have bringing music into their life. Or it's a place for them to get back into it, the public. And it's a place now for professionals to come that they'll be treated with respect. The equipment is maintained. We care. We actually give about what <laughs> we do here. Most, a lot of studios don't have that attitude. But because I started Music Makers with the attitude of community, meaning the the people who I interact intersected with teaching to be in a band and all of that. I took that kind of community vibe into my rehearsal business as we're all family here. And and Larkin, I remember you saying, man, it's like coming here, we're family. We're treated like family. You need something, sure, it's no big deal. It's not a, so I brought that vibe in here. So our place is a community center for anybody involved in the music trades or anybody that wants to be a part of it. And now with the corporate outreach programs, we feel we can bring the joy of either improv acting, learning to communicate, which Larkin is a master at and his friends are really, I was amazed at that, that I couldn't, I was sitting there saying, oh my God, look what's happening with these people and they're enjoying it. They were laughing and when they came out, Larkin was right. They walked out of that room during that improv class and they said, this was amazing. I have, I got so many things from it that I can use in my day-to-day -day work life. And I just wanted to let you know that. I don't know if I told you that, Larkin. That oh, thanks. Of, yeah, one of the people that I was talking to on their way out just said, this was amazing. And these are people that, they grew up in a, 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 whatever world they grew up in. This was never offered as a way to communicate. We're kind of lucky if we get ex can experience this during our lifetime. And now it's becoming something that I believe is necessary 
these tools that Larkin and his and all the actors use to communicate and learn how to communicate can be used in business because it's all about communicating. And as an actor, I'm learning from you, Larkin, this is how we learn to inherit roles or inhabit roles so we can actually be that person. And, and, and I see that with the improv class. And I also see it in the music classes that we do for the corporations, the bands we put, the corporate bands we put together and the employee lessons. People start talking to each other differently. I'll give you a real quick example of it. The first time off the chart, that's the name of New York Presbyterian Hospital Band, played. There, I was sitting on the side of the stage. They were performing, and it was the first time. And a group of people from the hospital had come out, and there was these two ladies sitting in front of me. And they were laughing and smiling. And they just look, looked at me, and I said, what are you guys laughing at? They said, they, that guy. We're never going to look at him the same. He's so he's so corporate, but I know there's another person in that person. And from that day on, they said we will never. And he just stayed with the band, took off, and their relationship was great. But that was the thing where looking at people with music, they see you different, and they know if there's something that you're you're human. Because in, in the world of business, you got to get things done. And it's not always with people like music. We kind of relate to each other. Musicians can talk to each other and have fun. But in the world of business, you're, you've got your job and then you're going to go home and it, you got to get the work done. I find that they they're able now to laugh a little and they look at it, they can be lighter in the conversation, actually talk as a person instead of you're my boss and I can't communicate with you because this is the barriers, the lines, and, and it blurs the lines and make, brings people to a level playing field. I had the COO of New York Presbyterian Hospital up on that stage playing guitar, and he's chief operating officer of 38,000 people. And like, what a great picture that is, the head of the nurses singing rock songs. Like, this is a beautiful thing to watch. Like, you feel like this company, get, get, the hospital is real people working really hard, Yet they're human and they they love things like I love you love. And that's the one thing I think our, our work, Larkin, will be giving to so many people as we move this forward. Absolutely. I mean, I think everybody is going about their crazy busy lives and trying to make up for anything they may have you know lost with the economy or the pandemic and everything. And I think what we're trying to do with the, the music and our, our, the Broadway community and with, you know, our, the improv class we just did, for example, is really get people out of their heads and and into their bodies and be a little silly for a little bit, take a little mental vacation and, you know, see your colleagues in a way that you otherwise maybe haven't before. And it, it creates a path towards empathy and ultimately a more productive environment for the client. I want to switch gears now and I want to let our listeners get a chance to know the two of you a little bit better. And I want to start by asking you two what or who inspires you? I normally ask what playwrights, composers, or shows inspire you, but we are talking music here today. So I'm just <laughs> going to leave it kind of open there with what or who inspires you. And Larkin, I'm going to start with you on this. Okay. Listen, the first thing that comes to mind are all of my, my favorite singer songwriters and i especially because we're you know I, i'm sort of like side pitching my band uh, everybody listening right now sir richard newton if you haven't listened check him out new <laughs> album coming this summer but we i mean i i just even when i'm backstage at a broadway show i'm i'm always thinking about songwriting ideas and a, a lot of the inspiration comes from the the great singer songwriters and guitarists from the early seventies, uh, 
area of rock and roll and a lot a lot of like Jackson Brown, Simon and Garfunkel and but also there's a lot of like really amazing stuff that's pulled from like the Motown genre. I mean that when it comes to to music like that all of that is really like where I live personally. But other than that, because I just have to say this and not because, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, remember, because I'm also a Broadway guy is I went to see Once Upon a One More Time last night. And I had also I also saw got a chance to see Dancing right before it closed. And I have a, a lot of really dear friends in, in both of those shows. And since I left Wicked last year, the what I realized watching these shows this week and last was the thing I missed the most is being around all of these unbelievably talented people. And, you know, and I'm, I really mean it when I say I think some of my biggest inspirations are watching the people I share the, st- the stage with. Yes. Oh, I love that. Bob, what about you? Well, you know, listening to Larkin, I gotta say it's, you know, I'm a blues guitarist. By beginning, that's where I learned. A friend of mine said, "You want to play heavy metal?" Because I thought I did, and at the time I did. He goes, "You got to learn the blues." So I went back and I loved it. I spent many years playing blues songs and singing to Albert King songs and BB King and Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff and all these yes. great players that have come through the the things Johnny Winter and all the Kings, the Three Kings, Freddie King, which a lot of people. It's amazing. Listen to Freddie King stuff if you really want to hear soul, R and B, and blues mixed together. I'll and second that. Yeah, yeah. I got that training, and then I really got involved in the music when I got that job at that small studio, working with the recreational musicians. And my job was to play cover tunes from all the time, all the time. I had to play whatever they wanted to play, and what a lesson what a life lesson i am so thankful that i was able to actually get to do that it taught me how to play them play music i was like from paul like you said paul simon to anybody i'd have to sing because a lot of people don't sing if they play instruments but they don't sing so i got lucky and i was like well this is good i get to pay be paid and i get to learn how to play so i became a big fan of classic rock music and soul music and i had a band once that was called aretha can't make it so it was uh, it was a great uh, learning uh time for me to learn about r b and i really consider myself more of a blues and a soul r b player I can handle the rock stuff, not the heavy metal. I never did become that heavy metal guy that I always wanted to be. I just never wanted to practice those runs long enough to get that fast, but I'm content with what I can do. (laughs) So that was, so my inspiration really comes from having a studio for 20 plus years and the people that walk through the doors, like you can, I'm going to tell you this Larkin and it's the truth. That song, San Diego, right, that you guys wrote, (laughs) I thought it was a cover tune. It was so good. And I went right online, Spotify, because I have an account at Spotify, because I worked there for a while. And I tried to find that song, and I was so blown away that it was your song. And I was like, what a beautiful song, man. I loved it. Thanks, man. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I can't look it up soon. It again, man. I, I, you, listen, Andrew, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's gorgeous. I can't wait. So, can't so, wait. so I'm inspired like Larkin by my, the people around me. I live in the world of music. Every day I'm in a studio and people come in and they play all kinds of music. And it's just fascinating and inspiring to be around that every day. You just, it's just, you feed off of that. You feed off what they're doing. You're like, wow, listen to that. That's unique. So yeah, so I'm like you, Lark. And I, I, I love, and, and Andrew, I'm sure you probably have the same thing. We feed off each other and we insp- we're inspired by our friends. And, you know, the support that I get from the, the members of my community, I'm inspired by the determination. They're coming out at, at, on stages like being who they want to be. It's a, it's an amazing thing to watch people blossom with music once you see that. So it, I, I kind of got that my inspirations were way back with the rock and the blues and all of that. And now it's 
mostly today with the membership and all the bands that come through. That's my inspiration. And my partner, Denise, without her, I am telling you, music makers would not exist. <laughs> Somebody uh, always has to have a partner that supports us because us arts guys come and go. I can't thank her enough for caring and being there for me throughout this journey. And it's without her, like I said, I'm only 50% of this. She doesn't get the, uh, the kudos, but she's there. Here, so, here. I'll yeah, second yeah. that. My better half, Leanna Hunt, is is carrying me right now. I'll do opening Back to the Future, man. I couldn't <laughs> couldn't be doing this without her. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that. The the co-host, the leader Thank of the pack, you. my wife, working with yours over at Back to the Future. So here oh, here's to them. Small world. I love it. I love it. I just love the fact that it's you can find somebody in your life that will support your dreams. Yes. It really is a wonderful thing if you can find that you're a lucky person. Well, I want to now ask you too my favorite question to ask guests, which is what is your favorite theater memory? Mm, that's a really great question. Bob, you got anything? I'm gonna I, I've got something off the top of my head. You know, here's here's I haven't done a lot of theater work like you have, but I've been on a lot of stages. And the the best was when I was producing a show for an upcoming artist at the bitter end. It was about, it was packed to the skills, 250 people. That place is solid people. <laughs> and the two, the musical director and one of the keyboard players went outside back when and decided they're gonna have a puff on a joint. <laughs> They got caught up in a sweep oh, and no, they were no. five minutes from showtime. <laughs> and I sat there and I'm like, what do you mean the musical director's not coming and the keyboard player's not coming? And I just remember that to this day, the teamwork, what everybody gathered around the manager, the artist, and she said, what are we gonna do? And they said, what are we gonna do? And I said, well, one of the people that works with me, she can read. She's a guitar player, so she can pick up the slack for the musical director, who was the guitar player, and she'll read the chart. You got the pay, you got the music. Yes, okay, she did that. The bass player said, "I'll take the lead in the band," and the show went on, and nobody knew the difference. It was like it wasn't, and she got the contract, and it was just thrilling to see people come together and put that bass player, I gotta give him credit. He ran right to the center of the stage and said, welcome ladies and gentlemen, and wow. took off. And the show, so that's what, with adversity happening. And also, you know, that kind of stuff happens a lot uh, in, in performances if you do enough. But that always stood out to me as a fun event of that anything, things can happen and the show must go on. So that's one of my experiences amongst the other good things. Mostly it's all good, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that though. What an insane but fun story. That was in New York. That was before re, you know cannabis or whatever marijuana was legal. Like you get <laughs> dragged off the. Oh my gosh! The and the show <laughs> must go on with three, two players. Gosh, that's crazy. Oh, we have a Bob and I. Yeah, obviously. So my my favorite thing is when is also about when something went wrong. So, because it's it's live, right? That's the best thing about something yeah. that's live is something is gonna happen, right? Bob, we have too much in common, man. This is yeah, the reason we met. So I, I, the first thing that always pops in my mind about my favorite memory, just because I used to be asked this all the time, Q and A's after the show, my kind of go-to thing was when, during Witch Hunters and, and Wicked, when we all, there's a moment when everyone's like, go and hunter and find her and kill her. And we all run down the stage with our axes and pitchforks and whatever else, whatever you're carrying, like a chain, I think. There's a bunch of funny random stuff there. I had this great big like kind of ax and you know, I was doing like the the Tin Man stuff. I'm not, I'm not really supposed to say Tin Man, but I'm not in the show anymore. So I can say that as a Tin Man and I miss being the Tin Man. Oh, but I had this wow. great big ax and I like ran down, the, not this track, but I, I in my ensemble track, I would run down the stage with this this great big old ax and we'd, I would run and jump and land on this cog, which was like an extension of the stage that kind of jutted out towards the front row. And when I landed, 
you know, we had these great, crazy, huge, like $10,000 coats on. I mean, like the, the costumes in Wicked are absolutely insane. And mine had three like crazy, huge, puffy, purple foxtails. I, I named them Larry, Curly, and Mo. And let's say Larry, for this moment of this performance of Wicked on a two o'clock matinee, decided to go and like pop off my shoulder and sailed through the air like a salmon and landed in the arms of the lady who was sitting directly in front of me. And I'm trying to tell this story for all of you who cannot see me <laughs> right now, but the look on her face was the most priceless thing I have ever seen. I mean, she jumped out of her seat, was like shaking and, and was let out like this. <laughs> and, but she caught it. I mean, she realized that it was this fluffy little like foxtail and not like a weapon that, you know, one of us were all running down the stage with. She obviously had like a sigh of relief to herself and kind of looked around and shook it a little bit like, <laughs> like, oh, I caught something that fell from the stage. And then the best part beyond the fact that I, you know, I just, you know, scaring people is funny it just is i don't know if you're sick like me and that you like you know playing pranks on your your wife or your your best friends but i mean when people have scared reactions and then they realize everything is okay it is one of the funniest things in the whole world so that was obviously very entertaining but in the moments directly after that happened there's a freeze and so while there's another scene that happens on the other side of the stage with, with glinda and the bubble and the woman leaned forward in the freeze and she said, do you want it back? <laughs> and so I, I had to, I had to, oh. I had to hang from a ladder, ho hoisting an ax in the air, totally frozen and was just shaking, giggling. You know, I, I had to have I, like the, the straight face was gone. I completely cracked and then had, you know, had to run off stage because it was, I was dying. This one was like, do you want it back? <laughs> she so, was a sweet older lady wasn't she yeah oh yeah just the sweetest you know you like you knew exactly who she was and she was so proud she caught it and you know she got up out of her seat she's like do you want do you want it back she, please <laughs> tell me when you didn't respond she just went here you go and just slipped it in your she, pocket she and patted it she left it on the foot of the stage and Aww. you know just I, I I was just I was looking up. There was no looking out after that moment. It was one of my favorite things that's ever happened to me on a Broadway stage. That's amazing. That both of those fantastic. I love that. Thank you both for sharing those. Yeah. Great, great question. Yeah. Are there any other projects or productions either of you have coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug for you? Not at the moment. I, I I would give you some of the more specific stuff, but I, I what I would just say is that if if you're someone who's who happens to be listening to this and you you know you think that you might want to hire hire us to do like an improv class or a music class for your company, you know, please don't hesitate to reach out to to Bob or anybody over at Music Makers or or myself. Uh, again, my my name is Larkin Bogan and. On social media, I'm just at Larkin Bogan. And, you know, me and my colleagues are looking forward to making more shows, hopefully for, you know, Chase Private Client and anybody else that's interested in doing any kind of Broadway show for their company. And also, you know, check out Sir Richard Newton if you're into some slide guitar and lots of vocals, you know, later on this summer. I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> Yeah, with the, with me, I have a show at the Bitter End June 30th, the whole night, up till about midnight. We'll be producing six acts, and every one of those acts are people who are professionals in every field but music, except for wow. the musical directors on stage. Wow. Everybody is a professional at something other than music. And it's probably my 400th or so show at the bitter end on a Friday night over the last couple of like many years, we've done that many shows with 
all a couple occasionally we produce a show that'll have a celebrity or one of my rehearsal clients that comes here that I enjoy their music they're nice people and I say hey I got this show at the bitter end or and uh, you know you're welcome to do it and we'll work out the details and they'll come on and it's all roadied and so it's a great way for me to introduce new artists from my studio to the public and it's also it's great for my members and my music community because they get to feel good about performing on the bitter end stage and being with celebrities or at least musicians who are really working hard to be successful and so i like the combination of doing that so that is uh june 30th we'll be at the bitter end with six bands playing music from all ages and your the public is welcome i encourage you to come and again if there is a if there's companies out there that need some positive wellness and inspiration for their employees or their managers or just themselves, please look us up because I guarantee we will be able to deliver a better environment once you've worked with us throughout your company and you will not regret the investment in that for the future it's just it, it's it's proven through the many companies that i've worked with over the years that this is a positive experience for everybody who participates in it and everybody who comes to support the people on that stage playing music so bob elites music makers is the place to go to get connected musically yes and that is a perfect lean into my final question which is if people want more information about Bob Elliott's Music Makers LLC or about either of you, how can they do that? Well, they could either call us directly, email us. If you want to call us, it's easy. You could look us up. Our website is musicmakersnewyork.com. That's musicmakersny.com. And you or you can send us a quick email at musicmakersnew, New York, Y-O-R-K, at gmail.com or call us 212-967-6124. We are on social media at Music Makers, but the best way is to go right to our website and sign up for our newsletter at Music Makers NY and send us an email. And I read them all. I read every single one and I respond if I can. If not me, somebody will get right back to you and help you whatever it is you're looking to do with us. Larkin, do you want to be contacted directly or should I just take all those calls? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to, if you'd like to look me up on social media, I'm just at hey. Larkin Bogan. And I'm I'm also just LarkinBogan at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, Larkin Bob, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me about this great, great studio and all the amazing work you're doing. This sounds like a blast. I mean, you can't call it work if you're having this much fun. I'm sorry. I'm going to call that one out right there. But thank you both so much for just the music is is day. fun. At that part, I agree. The music part is fun. It's the business that's business. <laughs> it's still a music business, and I'm on that end of it also. But the music is why I do it. I participate in my own pro you know programs. I'm yeah. never going to give that up. That's why I'm involved in the business still. It's something I love doing. And as much as Larkin, I could see that's in his blood. Well, thank you both again for joining me. I really appreciated it. Thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Our pleasure. My guest today has been the founder and creator, Bob Elliott of Bob Elliott's Music Makers LLC and the collaborator and consultant, Larkin Bogan. You can book your session now with Bob Elliott's Music Makers or any of the other services they offer by heading over to musicmakersny.com or by sending them an email at musicmakersnewyork at gmail.com. We also have some other contact info for them as well as for Larkin that we'll be posting in our episode description as well as on our social media. But if you're in the New York area, make sure you check out this great studio, Bob Elliott's Music Makers LLC, especially as well if you're a corporate client, you're looking for a great team building exercise or just a really great time this is the place to to check out this is the thing to do so it's bob elliott's music makers llc so until next time i'm andrew cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones unwrap your candies 
and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is DJ by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.